Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. What a delightful show we have for you today. I'm really just ecstatic and honored with the guest that I have for you. The guest today has a long history in film and in entertainment. I've got to tell you, he goes back from, oh, about the fifth grade or so, where he started becoming so interested in acting and then it moved on into his high school years moving on into university years and getting even a degree from the university of washington after spending some time in england you may know him just as you are looking at the screen and the face is so familiar but let me tell you a little bit more he has spent a lot of time in filmography and has spent about, a, uh, oh gosh, has had 11 feature films, has uh, a lot of um, made-for-TV movies. He's done a lot of on-Broadway uh, productions, and there's a lot more to his background just than that, but you may have known him in your home from many seasons, eight years in fact, where he was Al Borland on Home Improvement. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Richard Karn. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was a wonderful intro. Well, I'm really excited because there's even more than that that you have done. You've done a lot more on Hallmark type movies and Family Feud. There's even more to you than just that. But I've got to ask you something. How did you know in the fifth grade that this was going to be something that you were going to strive for? I, I really, I didn't. I, uh, but I remember that fifth grade play vividly because I, um, I think it was something that the teacher wrote, uh, to be honest with you. It, it, was a, it was about Thanksgiving and I was the child that ate too much. And then I have this dream where everything that I ate put me on trial, you know, like the turkey and the mashed potatoes and, and everything. And I remember making my own prop I had a prop that I used an old brown bag and I, I made a drumstick out of it. I was very proud of that. But I distinctly remember standing off stage about to go on and think, literally thinking, I can just walk away. I, I don't have to go out there. I think I uh -huh. can just okay, and it'll be okay. And then I walked on stage and it was uh, transforming, uh, you know, in fifth grade. And I just kind of kept, you know, finding that um, in school plays, in school sports, you know, I did a, I did a lot of things. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a great childhood, and I did um, community theater in high school, uh, which was set up because of our high school drama teacher, Ms. Wills. She put together this um, kind of winter one act festival, where. We, we directed it, we put it, we cast it, we did it all ourselves, the students. And then she had professionals, you know, from Seattle area come in and, and kind of first, second, third, best play, best director, best supporting actor, yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. And as a sophomore, I, I got this best supporting actor, which was, you know, I, 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 it came out of left field. I didn't expect that because I, I really didn't know how to create a character at that point. I was just doing and 
I think I was doing an impersonation of Paul Lind, which, you know, most of your viewers won't even remember Paul Lind. But <laughs> I was just doing that and throwing it into that character. And I, and I get this, and which led to doing summer theater that summer at the Bathhouse Theater. How fun is that? Our childhood brings back so many memories of dreams and different things. And when it comes back to this, I just could feel, I got the, you know, the hairs on my arms standing up when you were talking about some of these memories that you had, because it just invoked a lot of my own at the same time. And also the same excitement that as you were talking about it, I could just feel yours as well. And I think that that's really neat, but you moved on from there too. And, um, doing so led you to getting a degree. Now, was your degree in England? Uh, no, no, actually, um, England was my sophomore year. There was an exchange program with Queens College in New York and the University of Washington. And we went over for six months and we did uh, a play at the Edinburgh Festival. So we lived in Edinburgh, Scotland for a month. We did a play at the Robin Hood Theater in Nottingham. Uh, oh my goodness. We did the play in uh, Wales um, and three months in London. And we had teachers from different schools in London, Bristol Old Vic, uh, um, oh gosh, what are the other schools? Um, Royal Academy, um, you know, fencing teachers, dialect coaches, uh, acting coaches, movement, all, all that kind of stuff for six months. And then when I came back to the University of Washington, I auditioned for a professional training program, which was a three-year program, which you either got a master's or a BFA or something like that. Uh, but they only took about 16 into the, each class. So you okay. had to for that. And there were probably five, 600 kids that auditioned across the country for these programs. And I got into the one at the, in my hometown, University of Washington, and, and ended up doing three years there and then moving to New York. I wasn't sure if there was some kind of connection with the university and something that was going on in England. And that was the connection there. So I didn't know if there, you know, if there was some, some degree that they, I didn't know how that works. So this is, this is kind of neat. Let me ask you though, as far as acting goes and what your experience was there in another country and here, is there a big difference? There was, A growing up. Okay. Leaving home and going to another country and experiencing all that stuff while you're also, you know, in acting class, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of times it's therapy for a lot of people, you know, they're uh -huh. working through issues and, and stuff like that as they try to find the truth in, in uh, plays where, you know, you could be a murderer, you could be, uh, you know, all sorts of things. And you have to bring those, that stuff from your your past which you know can dredge up some things like that but i don't, I don't know i i just I, I loved it and the season that i had in london was i, I could write a book about just the, the theater that i went to when i was living in, in in london because i got to see jimmy stewart in harvey i got to see richardson and gilgood in no man's land alan bates in otherwise engaged i saw betty davis just talk about her life I oh, saw, my goodness. Um, I saw Lulu play Peter Pan with Ron Moody as Captain Hook. Uh, <laughs> it was one show after the other was just uh, amazing. 
um, Jonathan, uh, um, shoot, uh, from Brazil, uh, Jonathan, he was in Comedians, spectacular. I, it, was, it was just, uh, you know, le lessons right there, just watching these people, you know, mm -hmm. these actors work. I, I saw um, Hamlet with Albert Finney and Angela Lansbury played his mom. I mean, this was the kind of season in one year that I got in London. That's pretty, it is pretty phenomenal because you were able to really, I mean, just absorb so much at that time. And I bet that... Oh, yeah. Now, when you're 19, 20 years old, you're just, everything's soaking in. Yes. And that kind of culture and what you were seeing in performing arts and all of the other things that were going on, I think that that really, really solidified a lot of things and allowed you, I mean, you said that there was such a small yeah. group that was going into the program um, to allow then, you to do that. I, the, what the, a, you know, program lasted three years and then they had auditions for us all the there were 10 schools in the leagues of uh, professional actor training programs and we went to new york and we auditioned in new york that's why i moved to new york instead of los angeles all of a sudden okay. i had these connections and an agent and stuff that was going on there and i i felt way more comfortable doing theater at that point because i hadn't really thought about doing film and tv that was something that was uh, out of my reach in seattle that's pretty interesting too. Do you find that doing, so do you still find that doing theater is preferable? You, it's, you know, it's very funny because I just finished doing a play for three months in Kansas City. I did a play called uh, Sheer Madness. Loved it. I loved it. And I had done the same play four years earlier uh, and they brought it back because it was so popular. And four years later, I'm finding stuff that I didn't find before. And when you do something for two and a half months, you're, you're, you know, you're finding things here and there. And, and then I think back when we were doing home improvement uh, and home improvement, we, we did it in five days. We would rehearse okay. it. They would rewrite it. If the joke didn't work, they'd rewrite it or you'd fight for the joke and try and keep it in. But we would do stuff in five days and no way is it going to be as as complex and 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 everything as as what I was able to do in theater with a, a much longer gestation period of uh, uh -huh. you know it's it's a different it's a different animal yeah you um, television it's it's get it up get it going I'm I mean I did a soap opera where I played a judge last year for two episodes on. Um, one life to live or, or one of those. And I so much respect for those guys that just have to learn a lot of stuff every day. Mm -hmm. They have to learn so much stuff every day and make it presentable and believable. And, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a really good technique. I often think about that when I am watching something on screen and I know what kind of goes on behind the scenes and I'm thinking, some of these things, the lines are so intense and how they, the actors and the actresses are really being able to gain so much quantity and being able to deliver it. And I know, I mean, and, and you're on set for 12, or 12 hours in a day and you, you have to get all of this across. And, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, I don't think the union 
uh, allows that too much unless you're going into golden time. And well, then, and, yes, yes. But I, just the long, long time. It um, is a of, of hurry up and wait. Yes, yes. So this is, this is pretty neat. And so when it comes to doing a series um, in comparison to, say, a movie, what do you find better in terms of being able to work on a daily basis? Well, a lot of times in the movie, you're, you're not going to go in chronological order. You're, you're going to do some scenes that happen later. Uh, you know, so you're, you're having to prepare differently in a way because you're not going to have certain emotional scenes that will build up to a, another scene. Uh, uh -huh. You know, kind yes. of you do it and then you stop and then you, then you have to do an and get into that same frame uh, the next day or say, or so. Um, I did a, a series this last year for Hulu, which uh, has, start, has premiered in February called Pen 15. And it didn't have the feel of doing a regular series. It was more like a bunch of little independent, independent movies. Okay. Because, uh, you know, not every, the, the whole cast wasn't there all the time. You know, with Home Improvement, you're around the cast every day and, and, uh -huh. and everything. And so you get, you, you get more of a, a family feeling, a, a more of a camaraderie with the cast and crew um, that I've, I felt in that first season of Pen15. Well, let me ask you too, with that being said, and so much advancement in technology and the way that film is going. Oh yeah. I mean, this has got to be very different now iPad, uh, you know, and, and the technology wasn't there 15 years ago uh, to be able to talk to somebody like this. This was, uh, you know, this is Dick Tracy, the Jetsons. Oh, true. And now it's just uh, another way. Uh, you can audition this way. I know people that, you know, moved to the Carolinas and, and still audition for things here in California on their iPad. You know, it's That's just pretty interesting. It's a different world. And so with that, I do want to share with the audience that you can do anything that you want to do. So if you do want to get into film and like what Richard is saying, that you can do an audition from, like he said, the Carolinas, yeah. the, the opportunities are as limited as you make them. And you just got to be creative and think outside the box. And the technology is here to make you do you things. You get in trouble though, too. It's a double-edged sword. I mean, you can put something out there that isn't really great. Okay, and, that's very true too. You know, and and that's going to stay out there, and people are going to look at that and go, "Well, this guy isn't an actor, or she, what's she doing?" You know, so you you, you should be careful about what you throw out there, you know, because it's sometimes it won't go away. You have a very good point. I think there's a lot of people that is a been. Uh, the victim of some some challenges on social media and other things that have um, surfaced. And then there's been other things that have caused people that have put things out there, uh, a lot of repercussion, even trying to gain employment. So I, I yeah. think what you're saying is, is really spot on. But let me ask you too, out of all the work that you've done, do you have anything um, that you find... Um, I don't know, maybe most memorable or something that might be your most, your, you know, a favorite. Oh, gee. Um, well, I, there were productions of, of plays that I, I just had the best time because they were so funny. Um, Larry Shue wrote 
two wonderful plays, one called The Foreigner and one called The Nerd. I did both of those plays and they were just so much fun. A, a farce that just kind of builds and builds and builds and the audience is having a great time and, and you're, you know, trying to keep from laughing because it's so much fun. You know, th that is a wonderful experience. Working with, with Tim on Tool Time was, was a joy. I mean, I mean you, well, they never told us they were gonna do outtakes and all of a sudden, when we see these outtakes, we're going, well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? That, that we've broken character and, and they're seeing us muff, muff our lines. And, and then it was almost like adding another dimension to those characters that you saw them as regular people in a weird way. Uh-huh. How fun. I, I think that doing what you love and what you feel inspired to do and adding a component of being able to laugh with that as well just really really makes everything very very fulfilling and it sounds to me like you have found this to be a very fulfilling um, adventure in your life in entertainment it is uh, you know but then there are the times when you're you know between jobs and you're looking for work and looking for work and that that can be a little disheartening. Yeah, you uh -huh. know, like I look at our job as finding work. Our, our, my vacation is working, basically. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have any, you know, anything that is coming up that you're able to talk about? Uh, well, the upfronts for Pen15 uh, are uh, sometime in May. So we'll find out whether the, that show gets picked up again, uh, which was a lot of fun. You know, Anna and Maya, uh, I play the father to a, a girl who's in eighth grade. And that was, that was amazing, you know, because I have a boy. I, uh, Cooper's now uh, 27 years old. He was born the first season of Home Improvement. So I, I've always had a, you know, a boy around the house. But all of a sudden to have a little girl who's in eighth grade and I'm playing her dad, uh, it was it was a whole nother experience. It, it, it really was frightening and fun and, and scary. Probably more fun because, you know, it's not real. You know, I'm not going to have to live with the anxiety that I've created <laughs> that episode for the next 50 years. Yeah, so, but anyway, um, what else is coming up? Um, gosh, I, I don't know. It's, it's so, so many times things come in from the left field that I, I just didn't anticipate. You know, a lot of the Christmas movies I did for Lifetime and, and, and um, Hallmark, those just kind of came up uh, in like August. And you okay. do them and then they show them in November and December. So That's a quick turnaround. Yeah, it is. And, and they've got, they've got their, their system and uh, it, it works pretty well. Well, I think you are an absolutely phenomenal actor. I love to see your work on, on screen. I'd love to actually see you on stage um, at the theater. I haven't had that opportunity. You've been in my home repeatedly for a number of years in a number of ways. It's been an honor to be able to talk with you today. And I know that our audience has been able to really um, gain a little insight with just some of the things that we've talked about today. I'm really excited about some of your upcoming things. Um, and I, I just really uh, 
cannot wait to see more that you have coming, even if they are calling you at the last minute and then broadcasting it real quick, like in August to December thing. I hope that there's well, some that, more coming. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to, you know, as you get older, uh, you know, when I was doing theater in my 20s, you could just memorize stuff and, and remember it like that. Now that I'm I'm a, a bit older, you have to work a little harder at it. So it's it's a lot more exciting because sometimes you don't remember a word about a page out. You know, in your mind, you're thinking, "Oh gosh, I have this line coming up, but what was that word?" <laughs> I know what, what you know, and then all of a sudden, it's right there, and you either remember the word or you come up with a synonym. <laughs> Are there any tricks to memorization for your lines? Plant it, well, plant it in reality. Um, I know that that's a lot of times I need the um, the movement to, to remind me, um, okay. you know, blocking and, and what I'm doing and where I'm going. Uh, there, there was a play, a three person play that I did a couple of years ago where I, I had to learn, we, we did it in 10 days. And for the first half week, it, it was really not all there. And I had this monologue when I finally felt comfortable, I had this monologue where I, 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 I walked down to, you know, down left stage. And so I go, you know what? I think, you know, in my, and this is in my head, I, I'm going to go this way tonight. And so I, uh, I turned to go that way and I go, nope, that line isn't over there. It's over there. <laughs> you know, so I just, I went over there and, and presto, the line came back. Oh, that's so funny. So yeah, we do make connections in different ways. And I like how you put that because sometimes, um, I don't know, that's, that is just a, a really good way to, to do that, make a connection of getting in and doing it instead of just trying well, to sit. Do it in, a, in a different way, but it, it's, it's all about finding the truth in whatever you're saying. Good point. Very good point. Oh, I love it. Gosh, th this has been really um, insightful. I'm really glad to have had the opportunity to have you on the show today. Anything that you want to share with the viewers that they um, may be able to connect with you? I'm not sure if you're uh, a social media person, but what can they do to connect with you? I'm on social media, but I, you know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not an influencer. I don't think. <laughs> so I, uh, I just kind of. I keep in touch with friends that way. And I, I throw out little things every once in a while and say, Oh, uh, I'm doing this or, Oh, look, you know, Facebook is famous for showing something that happened four years ago. And, and you go, Oh God, that's four years ago. Mm -hmm. They throw it back up there and go, Hey, I did that four years ago. Can you believe it? You know, that kind of stuff. It does go by fast. I, I will say that when some of those memories pop up, I can't believe the time. The time, yeah, yeah it's kind of the time capsule way back when. I know when I was in fifth grade, they wanted us to plant those things in the, you know, dig up and bury it. Oh, right. When yeah. I'm in the schoolyard or something, 20 years from now, you can come back and dig it up. Well, we don't have to do that anymore because Facebook's going to just send it on over to you. So <laughs> you've got a good point there. But um, how about websites or anything where somebody can follow you and see kind of the things that you have coming up or... Anything well, like that. I guess I'm at the real Richard Karn on uh, on Twitter. Excellent. Uh, I think I'm I'm Richard Karn. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I, <laughs> I'm still I trying it. works. I love that. I really love the genuine, the genuineness of what you're saying because you just do what you do and that is what's most important to you. And I think that that's really what it's all about and what, what more can you say about that? So thank you so much for being on the show today. This is really exciting. I, I really am impressed with that, what you just said. I just don't know. I really like that. I like the fact that you're just doing what you do, doing what you love. And, and, and that's, that's well, refreshing. We're, we're you. To do that. And, and I appreciate it. And I love the people that come up to me, you know, because I was in their house when they were growing up and now it's not, it's not about me. It's about them having those memories of, of watching the show with their family. Really. I mean, we were like one of the last golden age in the nineties where, where people sat around a television, you know, didn't, didn't record it first necessarily. Well, that is really true because I know that when I talk to my parents and they remember certain television shows and, or even just listening to radio, a show that came across and broadcast on radio. But you're right. Uh, oftentimes there's just not something or something that's running a long period of time to really yeah. bridge that memory to, for certain childhoods. And you are definitely one of mine, I can tell you. And then being able to follow you because of, because of that on other things. I mean, just a household face and a connection it's almost like you being part of the family when that happens and so that is um it's really neat that that is something that you also recognize too and many people don't they don't they take for granted that some of the shows that come into the house it's just a show or it's just this but that is part of you that's part of your childhood if that was on your home yeah. every night and you're coming in that is part of you and um I mean, there, and you'll, you'll even exhibit certain behaviors like somebody, you know, looking over the fence, I mean, <laughs> just, you know, and making jokes about certain things and they come back from your show or somebody will, you know, make a joke tool time. It, there's just things that come to mind, little things that might come up or just right. different things. And I, and I think that that's important, important because we need to recognize that some of the things that are ingrained from us came from you. So it's pretty exciting. Well, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much for being with me today. Again, I, I just, I'm really honored um, because you've been part of my family's life for many, many years. And I finally have an opportunity to not only meet you and learn about you, but it gives the audience that, is here to learn more about you, some insight into your life and how pure you are. I just absolutely love it. So again, thank you. All right. Well, you all take care. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in today for another episode of Rebecca Sounds Revely. Stay tuned and make sure that you share this show with your friends, your family, and everyone that you know on social media and even those you don't. Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. I am absolutely ecstatic because I have not one guest today, but two that are going to be something 
so different and so unique that they're going to share a lot about the things that they're doing in, well, the world of entertainment. Today with me, I have Austin Fox, who, um, oh gosh, he's an actor and director uh, for Mom and Eli, three Aprils in March, and with me also is Corey Fox. And he's an actor, producer, um, he's known for the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, yes, and the Majestic and Amherst. But there's so much more to these two. You would never really put it together unless you saw them together yourself. And here they are, father and son, both in entertainment, doing what they do best, directing, producing, and being very involved in entertainment. So with me... And would you know who is who? Yes, Austin and Corey. So Austin, I'm going to have you go first and let you introduce yourself to the Rebecca Sounds Reveille audience. Well, yes, as you said, my I'm Austin. He's the Corey guy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am an actor, and I and I have. And I am the director and producer and writer on Mom. I've also been in other projects, as you said, such as Eli, Fables, and March, and a few other things. And now on to him. Hi, I'm Corey Fox. Yes. As you can tell, I'm his older brother. Some yeah. people have mistaken me as his father. I'm sorry. We can just go with older brother. No, I am his father. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, that's pretty, that's pretty good because I thought I was wrong and I thought I knew you guys pretty well and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I, how did I miss this? Because I thought I really knew you. So, I, okay, there we go. No, no, wow. I, I'm his father. I'll be 50 this year, so uh, on the young side. Uh, but, yeah, again, I'm an actor and producer. I actually got started doing this back in 1998, 1999. Um, I actually went to, to California, moved out there because I wanted to be an actor. Found out that I was a little bit better behind the camera than in front of the camera, so I started okay. producing. Uh, we started a film production company called Lifeline Entertainment out there, and um, oh, wow, we made five feature films, uh, a couple of horror films, uh, some dramas, uh, a really cool documentary called Almost Beautiful. We followed around a golf rock band for about six months, went out to Puerto Rico with them, and that was all fun to put together, especially when they flew back in a hurricane, which yeah. is cool. Uh, and then, let's see, I had a few kids. I have four, uh, three boys, uh, Tyler, Austin, and Travis, and I have a daughter named Shelby, which she's grown up and married and out of my hair. Thank you. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> oh, and he's laughing so. too. <laughs> True. <laughs> this is so beautiful. You guys make such a good team with what you have going on. And let me ask you, Austin, how did you kind of find your niche here and find that this is what you were wanting to do? Well, when I was little, I did a little bit of modeling when I was just a little bitty baby. And then, when I was about 10, I had been interested in TV, so I asked my dad, I knew he was 
a director in California, and I asked him, I want to be an actor, Daddy. And so, so what did I say? He said, you have to yeah, take classes. You have to classes. learn. You have to take classes. Uh, so he signed me up for a acting school called Barbizon, and I studied there for about half a year. And eventually they held this little competition. I got second place in my division, and I got callbacks from about 38 agents. Wow. 30, 32. And yeah, it was I, a lot. And I, after going, was after reviewing, talking to some of them, I eventually signed my current agent, Don and George Landrum. Yeah, very much it. Then he gets a big part in a big movie. <laughs> are you allowed to? Are you allowed to elaborate a little bit more? Um, sure. Yes, yes, because I, I mean, I know that there's parameters on this, but if you can talk about your big part, I want to hear it. Well, I can't say too much, but I'll say what I can. I wonder what it's about with the necessary experience on it. Go with it. All right. Yeah. All right. So, necessary, it's about this boy who has an autoimmune disorder, and after going to a house to get some treatment, he finds out that the house isn't really what it seems. That's all I can say about that. But it was really a great project to work on. It was an experience that a lot of new actors don't really get to see until later in their career. I, it was very, it was a real hard step into what the entertainment industry can be. I had a lot of fun doing it. What was your one? It was a ghost. Yeah. He played Perry, one of the ghosts. Really? In the yes. Okay, that gave me chills when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This yeah, is tell, really tell us about like the, the when you got there. What was the first thing they fed us when we got there? Do you remember? I do not remember. Oysters on the half shell, roasted grilled oysters with lamb. So uh, that's it. Yeah, that's what Paramount does from their uh, their projects. Of course, the first thing he talks about is the food. Yes. <laughs> oh, you got, like okay. okay, so when we were off air, we did discuss food because I was sharing that as an extra, I would go and there was just a smorgasbord of food. But to hear what you just said, I would not even imagine that whatsoever. Oh, no, it was great. They had this... Uh, um, a gut truck. It looked like a gut truck, but this one was really big and fancy. They had they had great burritos and served to order breakfast, lunch. Like I said, the first day we were there, it was lamb chops with smoked oysters. I know that was so good with smoked oh, oysters goodness. and stuff along, you know, with salad and uh, it had some really good sides and stuff like that. But uh, then the next day was like a really good prime rib. So, I mean, was, that's I mean, you're, how you're just, big productions work. Yeah. And this is a little weird. Oh, my goodness. No. So, yeah. were you no. just in heaven, Austin? Huh? Were you in heaven? You're just in heaven with all of this? I mean, you're treated like a king. It I 
love quote. It. I love um, it. Yes. I really enjoy. I, I really love it. And so, Corey, as you're doing this, I, I know that you're in the industry too, but coming from the perspective as a parent, how is this for you to watch your son doing, I mean, everything that he's doing? It was surreal, actually. I'm just like, I can't believe I'm sitting here watching my 11-year-old son sit in a makeup chair, one, for four hours while they do all <laughs> these prosthetics and stuff on him, all this makeup, make look, look like, you know, bones protruding out of him and stuff. It, that was amazing. He was so patient and so professional about it, where, you know, most kids that age, we get squirmy and, you know, uncomfortable. He, he was really good. He sat there and he took it like a champ. Um, and to watch him work, he, he probably had a harder part, the, the three ghosts, because there's three ghosts in this movie, they probably had the hardest part because they didn't have any lines. All they, it was all action. So they had to scare you. and it, it was all action. There was no lines or anything like that. So that's, I think that's harder than if you actually have um, lines to say or interaction back and forth and talking back and forth to people, because that's natural. Sure. Scaring the heck out of jumping you know around corners dragging you know all the different things they had to do well that's that's not as easy because that's not natural mm -hmm. I, have, I have to agree with you and so let me ask you Corey so many people are wondering how child actors get an education when they're on set for sometimes 12 16 hours a day and so many are homeschooled or many have different types of um, schools where they're out for a certain period of time. So do you do any type of education while you're on, like if you're sitting in the makeup artist's chair, are you able to get some type of education while you're sitting there? Do you I mean, dad, Corey, are you sitting there with, you know, some kind of book saying, okay, let's go over some of this stuff to study for your test. I mean, how does that work? Well, I Actually, film production sets are required by whatever state they're filming in that they have to have a set teacher on uh, on staff. So, and that and they have to do uh, depending on their age between three to four hours a day of schooling. It doesn't have to be consistent, and they can bank time too. But that's basically what they're doing is they have to have that many hours. So there's a set teacher, uh, the one on Eli, her name was Miss Sims, and she was wonderful. Yes, She's she been was. a set teacher for years. So she had a uh, curriculum for them. She actually gave Austin a book uh, to read, and he got to keep it afterwards. I think she even signed it for you, didn't she? Yeah, I think she did. So, and, um, and I took, actually, she asked me to bring some lessons for him, and I didn't want him to learn how to do handwriting cursive because I taking those out of schools yes so i brought assignment books for um doing um cursive and he worked on those along with they did some puzzles for um and you're going to say puzzle well that that really isn't learning but it, it they is. had six kids and they learned how to work together to put this thousand yes. piece puzzle together and they worked together and they assigned different areas it was kind of cool to watch them do it and stuff like that so I believe before we left, I believe they, we've gone, we got the two puzzles. Yeah, two, yeah, 2,000 piece puzzles they got put together in the, was it two weeks of filming that he did? About, okay. yeah. Okay, so that's pretty incredible. Let me ask you a question too, Austin. So we've talked about you sitting in the chair 
um, you being on screen. So now let's do a little role reversal here as a director and you having people um, that are now sitting in the chair, you get to tell them what you would like them to do. How is that as a director and especially at your age? Being a child and it being your first time, it can be a lot of work. Your feet will hurt, you'll have to be walking around doing all this stuff, trying to make sure you get the movie in your image. But eventually, if you get used to it, it can, it's still hard, don't get me wrong, but you can get the general idea of it. And if you, the real thing is you gotta have a good communication with your team make sure everyone's working together or, and it will go way more smoothly and this, you'll get everything done way faster and better. This is fantastic that you really can see and understand how that is. It's hard for even adults to grasp this sometimes. So this, this is pretty amazing. Do you like doing that more than being on, on set? as an actor or um, do you like both? What, what do you think you're leaning towards? I'm leaning towards acting. That's what I really like. But I also think doing some directing every once in a while is very fun too. It's uh -huh. a great experience. In What's it like bossing around adults? I didn't ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering that too, and I was wondering how receptive. You have to fire is what I want to know. <laughs> okay, here's the story. So we were at one of our production meetings, and because it was a short film, we had to cut a lot of time and try and squeeze the movie into about 40 minutes. Okay. So now we are there, we had this scene with a built collector and they're starting to pay bills so we ended up having to cut that scene due to time and guess who was the bill collector yeah yes oh really yeah he fired he fired me on my own on his <laughs> so yeah we had to cut that scene because it was uh it just wasn't flowing with the rest of the the um the movie and stuff like that. So yeah, they informed me that they weren't going to be filming that scene. So wow. got fired by my own son. And and this is your dad. Huh? You fired your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Cut. Yes. He right enjoyed there. it. Don't let him. Kill you. <laughs> yeah. You know that's really that's really something because that shows a lot of strength in your character that you're looking at the outcome of what you need to do and not anything else saying, okay, well, I'm just going to go with it. You, you're really concentrating and staying focused on the delivery. And that, that's, that shows a lot, especially for, and I don't mean to go back to this, but I really want to point it out. So I guess I do. Um, being your age, that's, that's an incredible, it's an incredible thing, a strength that you have. And that's going to really take you to a lot of places because a lot of people can't do that. And it will show in their work. So that is a big plus. And Corey, what do you got going right now? Uh, right now, we've got post-production on mom going right now. So we've got, uh, we got, 
got a couple of more scenes to shoot. Um, we're going to be shooting this Monday out in Austin. We've got the newscaster scene and some voiceover uh, work to be done, uh, trying to pick up some ADR work on it. So, yeah, once we get that all put together, it's getting the package put together and getting it ready for the film festival circuit. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm really excited about what you guys have going on and the amount of teamwork the two of you have as well as focus that you have because both of you not only have an individual focus on the work that you do but a teamwork focus and it's, it's pretty amazing to see. Do you have anything that's going to be coming really soon for the audience to stay tuned for? Don't you have that lovesick short film that's yes, going to be coming that, out pretty soon? Yes, that, that is going to come out soon. If they have not already released it. I think May the 5th is when that's coming yeah. out. Yeah. <clears throat> and also, Eli is planned to come out on Netflix this year, as we have heard. So you're going to be watching out for that. Oh, I have something. Assassination 33 AD. That will be coming out here later on this year, too. So yeah. that's a pretty cool move. Oh, this is really exciting. I'm excited for the things that you guys have going. I know that not only what you have going on this year is going to really be um, very advantageous for you, but I think it's going to launch you both into things that are beyond imagination. And so I want to ask you both from an individ individual perspective, Tell me and share with the audience something maybe a little bit that might give them some inspiration that will help them do something maybe that they thought they couldn't in their own life. Well, take it from there. Um, no, if, even if you're young and still a child, you can still make some great things in the world. There are there have been many children that have done things and got themselves out there and helped the world. Many people that have pushed for their goals, no matter how people looked at them or tried to stop them, they helped, they did what they wanted to do. And that's what I say. Don't let people try and persuade you on what to do. You do what you love to do. Yeah, I agree. With that, I, I actually I think that Nike has had one of the best slogans ever, uh, and that's just do it. You know, don't be afraid. Take that step. I love it. And fire your father. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I think what you're saying is right. You really have to do what you want to do. Don't let people um, weigh you down. Stay focused. Go for it. You need to just do it because we only live once. So I want to thank both of you so much for taking time to be with me today, to be with the audience, to share. Can I say one more thing real quick? Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry. I just, I just, um, water trigger over here. Um, <laughs> we, we actually do have a GoFundMe account that we're doing to help yes. raise the funds to finish the project with the, all the post-production on there. And you can go to Austin Fox and that's Fox of two X's.com. And get all that information. There's some really great behind-the-scenes photos and mm -hmm. of the production and stuff like that on there as well. 
Yes. Excellent. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think it's important for the viewers to also get involved because they are now connecting with you and they're going to be able to move forward with a lot of the things that you've got going on. And Austin, people are going to be able to follow you for a long time because you are a committed young man that is growing in this industry. And with what you're doing right now, there's an unlimited, unlimited potential in entertainment. And I can see that um, you, you've got a long, long, wonderful road in this in this industry. So I am really excited to follow you. And I know Corey, uh, you've got to be uh, beyond studio and proud and with what you're doing, it's going to be something that we're going to want to follow for you as well. So thank you both so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you for having us. We appreciate yes, thank it. Thank you. Most definitely. And I want to thank all of you for watching and tuning in today. Please make sure to take a moment not only to do one, but two things. Go to austinfox with two X's.com and contribute to the GoFundMe page so that you can get involved with the post-production process and you can get in with some, uh, some extra behind the scene things that maybe mm, aren't out there. You can get involved with that and then you can see what happens at, after everything is all done and on screen really exciting and not only that we ask that you share the show with all of your friends your family your loved ones and even the people that you don't know all over social media again go to austinfox.com and we ask that you tune in again for the next episode next week